Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. A Game Warden's children's book, titled A Cowboy in the Woods, is a story of Bobby, a boy who spends the whole summer observing wildlife, writing notes in his notebook, fishing with his dad, and keeping track of all the animals in his neighborhood while trying to solve a neighborhood mystery. What he discovers is more than just an appreciation for the natural world. The idea for this book came from Wayne Saunders' own childhood experiences, growing up and exploring the woods and streams and lakes and ponds of his native New Hampshire. The love of nature instilled in his childhood led him to a career as a conservation officer. Wayne Saunders is a retired lieutenant conservation officer from the New Hampshire Fish and Game Department. Lindsay Webb is a naturalist, wildlife biologist, and environmental educator. Together, they collaborated with wildlife artist Ashley Mares to produce The Cowboy in the Woods, the story of a boy whose love of nature leads him in unexpected directions. Available at wardenswatch.com and Amazon. Warden's Watch Podcast is now on Patreon, combining the Thin Green Line Podcast and the Warden's Watch Podcast on Patreon to bring member-exclusive extra content both video, audio, and with product deals as well. Become a member to support our podcast and get something extra. Search Warden's Watch Podcast on Patreon. We love our children. We protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do, from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstance, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength, to provide moments of happiness and relief in the hardest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Join huntofalifetime.org to help make dreams come true, to provide hope for children with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nonprofit organization fulfilling dreams for hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Visit huntofalifetime.org to learn how you can make a difference. 
please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experience of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves game wardens. This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch. Warden's Watch, episode 85, Hunt of a Lifetime. I had an opportunity to sit down with Hunt of a Lifetime when I was at the Great American Outdoor Show and do some interviews with Grant Fritz, who's been involved with Hunt of a Lifetime for 21 years. Great opportunity to sit down and talk with him and talk about his experiences. And then I had an opportunity to sit down and talk to a survivor of Hunt of a Lifetime. Gabe, and Gabe was able to tell his story, which is so awesome. So I'd like to share this with you. It's not your normal Warden's Watch. It's almost a bonus issue. Hunt of a Lifetime's been with Warden's Watch almost since the beginning. We've worked very well together. Uh, They have a great mission, great people. So I'd always encourage you to go huntofalifetime.org, check out that, and see if you can help support them as well. So... Enjoy Warden's Watch episode 85, learn, uh, understand, and see if you can help somebody out in need that wants to get outside, get outdoors, and experience something bigger than themselves, uh, create a memory for them and their family. Hunt of a lifetime. On this episode of Warden's Watch, we are with Grant Fritz from Hunt of a Lifetime. Grant, how long have you been involved with Hunt of a Lifetime? Well, this be my 21st year. Awesome. 21 years with the foundation. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been one heck of a ride, I'll tell you what. It's uh, what I've seen, what I went through with it. Uh, it's just an awesome thing. Yeah. Uh, I believe that somebody steers you in certain directions, and I come in from hunting one day, and I seen uh, this uh, game news magazine. I opened up, and the first thing I opened up to was the Hunt of a Lifetime article in the Pennsylvania Game News, and I was reading it, reading it in my reading room, and uh, it's about Tina Patterson, you know, and this Hunt of a Lifetime and what she was doing. And I thought, you know, had her phone number there. So uh, I took upon myself, talked to the wife, and I said, hey, I'm going to give her a call, see what she's up to. Yeah. See how I can help. Huh. Well, so happened she was coming down here to get the uh, Eastern Sports Show, that was named then. Yeah. And she said, yeah, I could use some company, you know, because uh, working by herself. And uh, I said, well, whether you spend the money on a hotel room, or you want to come and just stay with us, you know, it's only an hour and 15 minutes away drive, you know. And mm-hmm. 
So she said yes. And her and I talked, and until we got done, we were like old friends, you know. Yeah. And she, her and I both had the same ideas about a lot of things, and she come and stayed with my wife and I. Uh-huh. And I had some days off from uh, work to the prison. I had uh, three days off, and I come down here to the Harrisburg Sports Show mm-hmm. with her. And uh, when I got done that three days, you know, I thought, you know what, I wonder if I could get some... Uh, vacation time if anybody's you know if there's any available and uh, I called the jail uh, and they said uh, yeah so-and-so just canceled his so yeah you want it because I took it so I stayed the rest of the week down you know helping her out yeah and that's how I got started I got uh, one child that I had the privilege of calling to take on a moose hunt uh-huh met went over to uh, uh yeah, it's now Gander Mountain, but uh, yeah, the other the other uh, outfitter, yeah, and uh, and Hamburg, and uh, I met them down there, and it was kind of a weird thing of events. I never saw them people before in my life, and we just kind of walked right up into each other, you know, and introduced ourselves, and walked around. I talked to a uh, a very healthy, good-looking boy of sixteen that had. Uh, a cancer problem and I invited him to go along on a moose hunt in Quebec with me and uh, he uh, got time to go he couldn't go because I guess he was having some issues with the chemotherapy that he was taking mm-hmm. and he didn't feel good enough or healthy enough to go so we put it off that year <clears throat> next year Offered the same thing, and he just couldn't go. So uh, Oliver Brassard said, uh, you know what, Grant? Whenever this boy gets healthy enough to go, he says, uh, you just bring him up here whenever he's good enough to go. Mm-hmm. He said, we'll take care of everything, you know. And uh, that's what was an outfitter out of Quebec. And, but sad to say, he never got to go because he got too sick. Uh, when I come back from hunting, I just walked in the door, and uh, Tina Patterson called me, and uh, she said, uh, "Can you find a hunt for this boy?" He says, "Cause it's time's getting short. We got to do something now." So we got a, got him hooked up with a, a high fence hunt, if you want to call it that. Yep. But uh, we went out there, and in the middle of the night, to meet them. At this place, well, the gates were locked. And somehow or other, I said, well, I wonder why, how this could happen. Driving out the road, and I seen somebody coming out their driveway out, down off this hill. And this was boy and his family to come there. And they said they just called him, and they mistook the day. So we waited for him at the gate, and we went in, took the boy hunting. Uh, he got a beautiful elk. One shot, a little over 200 yards. Wow. Uh, when I seen this boy, uh, it was it was one of the toughest things I ever had to look at. To see a healthy boy playing baseball and see him in a wheelchair with nothing but skin and bones, it kind of reminded you of one of the old uh, POW 
camps, you know, that you see the old pictures and stuff. And it broke my heart. I had to walk away. Mm. Yeah, it just, uh, it was that tough. And I said, I'm going to do my damnedest to never let that happen again to anybody. Yeah. And I've been with Tina ever since uh, in the Hunt of a Lifetime gang. And yeah, we're working close to 2,000 kids that we've taken hunting. Uh, I've had the extreme privilege of uh, taking them uh, a few more on hunts to Saskatchewan, uh, to uh, Illinois, you know, and places like that. And it's just just an awesome ride. And it's yeah. to, to see these kids, what they go through, how happy they are, how much stamina that they have to be able to do some of the stuff that they've done, and it's just unreal. Yeah. You see a, a young lad that's got osteosarcoma, bone cancer, to have a leg amputated. And he was in the hospital and he was scheduled to go on a hunt. He cried and pleaded to the doctor. He still wanted to go. He said, you can't. He said, yes, I can. Well, he said, the only way I'm going to let you if you do, do these things here. And the kid did it and exceeded what he had to do. So the doctor wrote it off and let him go on this hunt. And they videoed it, seeing this boy climbing over logs with one, he'll put his pretzels on one side, throw that one leg over the log, you know, to, to follow an elk that he had shot up in a mountain. Mm. And it just, it just keeps you going. Yeah. And I said, I'll, you know, I'll probably die helping hunt of a lifetime, though. Yeah. What a way to go, Grant. That's, that's the way I feel. It, yeah. It's, uh, it's just a, a good thing. I, yeah. I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah, you get me choked up when you're talking about these stories, and I'm sure all these listeners that uh, are listening to this are going to be choked all up, All they have too. to do is go to lifetime.org on there and uh, see some of the films and the, the joyous things that they've had. Uh, I know with you being up from the North Country there, uh, Northwoods, mm-hmm. is... Uh, Maine, New Hampshire, uh, all of those up in there, yeah. you know, they, they give uh, tags for moose hunting. Right. To see uh, a kid in a wheelchair out in a, uh, a patch of broccoli <laughs> up in Aroostook County. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> they call moose in and have it come across this whole field and watch that. And this boy shooting it from a wheelchair. And he made one good shot, but the moose run and turn around, come back. So you hear the guide say, "Shoot him again!" Bang! He did. You could see the it left the air right out of him. So to see uh, the guide yeah. sit there and break down crying, yeah, because this kid was so happy, you know, and he did it. So, yeah, and, amazing stories uh, for sure. Um, and we, we talked to Gabe earlier uh, about his uh, his mountain, mountain lion. lion. Yes. And, you know, I just, I, I think that's a really cool story because he didn't get a mountain lion. No. Because it's a hunt of a lifetime. It's not a harvest of a lifetime. Right. And, and Gabe, by his own talking, had a hunt of a lifetime. Yes. Just, uh, and that's what it is. It's hunting. It's, it's, it's getting out there. Um, yeah. And, and an experience that... Thank God he can tell today. Others can't. Right. So. You know, that's that's the that's unique thing about, you know, these kids are given these uh, problems, physical, that uh, 
you know, they didn't choose to do this. No. And, you know, and, it, and that's their, their, what's dealt to them in life and the other, that, that if we can give, help them out to overcome those things and give them a little bit of joy and smiles, you know, it's, it's worth every, every heartbeat, every sweat and tear that you can do, so. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. 21 years with Hunt of a Lifetime. What, what, what a testimony that you have uh, for, for, for doing a nonprofit and, you know, engaging that and then being part of the solution. I, that's, I just, I, I love that's, that. Story. That's the whole thing, you know, being part of the solution. Yeah. Picking up that phone that day. Like you said, yes. things happen for a reason. That's right. Yeah. Every, every bit of it, you know. And, you know, I, I, I thank God for the things that I've got to do. Yeah. I'm not the most religious person in the world. I don't go to church every Sunday. But my world is out there mm. in a tree stand, <laughs> watching maybe a covey of quail coming around around, looking like a bunch of little children in a, in a playground, you know, playing. Yeah. It's just, yeah, God's there, you know. Yes, God's That's there. what's helping. Yeah, but I think God's with you guys when you're doing this, too. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a act of passion. It's an act of, uh, yeah, selflessness. It's 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 great, and just uh, I'm just so lucky that I had an opportunity with Gabe to talk to him about his uh, experience. Because, uh, like you said, other, these other kids they can't tell their stories. Grant tells their stories for them. Yes, uh, and that's I really appreciate you sitting down and sharing those those experiences, those hunts that some of those uh, kids that you took uh, couldn't. Always gets me choked up. Yes, it's, yes, many tears have been shed and you, you try not to get that close and you'll keep yourself separated <laughs> from what the job at hand, but you can't. You can't. If, if you're any kind of a human being, right. you can't separate that. Yeah. Nope, your heart's in it, the That's whole right. thing, and it's, yeah, you become attached. Exactly. No, nope, I... That's why I have the, the cadre that I have, like here today, you know, and uh, uh, reaching out, guys like you, reaching out, help us out. Yeah. You know. No. It's, it's all it's all on the all on the pages of the book, you know. Right. No. No, for sure. Well, thank you again, Grant, and uh, you know, go to huntofalifetime.org. Um, that's right, huntofalifetime.org to to, yeah. to to do a donation. So we appreciate that. Um, Certainly, uh, it helps these kids, and uh, we have a testimony for from Grant and from Gabe, uh, who actually got to experience that. So, any support you guys can do, a little or, or as much as you can, and you know, the other thing is, you're looking for kids to, to take on these oh, hunts please, too, aren't you? Please get in touch with us. Yeah, if you know somebody that is, you know, ha- suffering from a, a life-threatening illness, uh, reach out to Hunt of a Lifetime. They they want to be that partner. They want to be that that. That joy in that kid's life in, in a, an immensely horrible situation to make them smile. The thing, thing of it is, what we supply is lodging, transportation, you know, for the child and one parental figure to go on his hunt free of charge. It costs nothing to them whatsoever. So, yeah. That's. So. Nope, it's, it's send them cheap, your children a, that yes, need thank this. thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Grant. Uh, it's, it's been a really pleasure uh, meeting you, sir, and sitting down and having this chat. And thank you for everything you've done for 21 years. Yeah, I love um, it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. It. It's, it's very 
evident that you love it. So, and that testimony alone is going to help have people help you out to do this. Very good. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Just a little lead in to the second part of this podcast with our survivor, Gabe. So this is Hunt of a Lifetime, part two, with someone that actually got to experience a hunt of a lifetime. Thanks for listening to Warden's Watch. We love our children. We protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do, from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstance, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength, to provide moments of happiness and relief in the hardest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Join huntofalifetime.org to help make dreams come true, to provide hope for children with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nonprofit organization fulfilling dreams for hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Visit huntofalifetime.org to learn how you can make a difference. Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experiences of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from Game Wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves Game Wardens. This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch. You shouldn't be watching any TV, but you do watch my On this episode of Warden's Watch, I have the honor and privilege of being at the Great American Outdoor Show and sitting beside me is Gabe Kirshner. Did I say that right, Gabe? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, who was a participant in Hunt of a Lifetime? Right, Gabe? That's right. And can you tell people about Hunt of a Lifetime? Because, A, I'm excited you're here, man. Uh, it, it's what a success story. So if you can tell people your story, that would be great, Gabe. All right. So uh, when I was 12 years old, I was diagnosed with medulloblastoma. It's a type of brain tumor found in children ages 12 to 16. Whenever I was diagnosed, I didn't really know a whole lot about what was going on, about any of the organizations that help people like me. My social worker put me in touch with Hunt of a Lifetime organization, and at that point, they then worked with me, sent me a brand new Savage 243 rifle, and they set up a lion hunt, mountain lions, in Payson, Arizona. Uh, that was a week-long hunt. 
Unfortunately, I did not get a mountain lion to bring home with me. However, I did have a great time while while out there. You know, you know what's kind of cool, Gabe. A, a, you're cancer free at this point. I am. That's that's incredible. Uh, the the first interview that I did with Hunt of a Lifetime, little girl died. Oh wow. Yeah. So that that for me that sucks. <laughs> So it's very awesome for me to be able to sit here with you and have this conversation. So it's, it's a great organization that helps people. And even for her, it, it was a memory that her family had for the rest of their lives and a memory she had for her life and probably still has. Just a pretty, pretty cool thing. But, but saying that, it's a hunt of a lifetime. It's not a kill of a lifetime. <laughs> exactly. Just to, to be able to go out there, and, and I want to get right into it. From, from, from day one, you know, they sent you that, that firearm so you could get proficient with it, right? Yeah. You started, I mean, you get that in the mail, what do you do? With firearms, you know, they all have to go through the uh, licensed uh, firearms dealer. So you had to go down and pick it up, huh? Yeah, they had to send it through a gun shop close to me. Um, they've since gone out of business, unfortunately. Uh, so me and my dad picked that up about two months before my hunt. Uh, I had a couple months to uh, shoot it in, get used to it, and like you said, get proficient with it. Unfortunately, I never got to take the shot, but it was like I said, it, it was fun. Yeah, and this was a, a dog hunt, wasn't it? Yeah, yep, yeah it was. That's, that's how we effectively hunt mountain lions. That's right. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a dog hunt. Most of the dogs were blue tick coonhounds. And that's what this guide used was blue ticks. Yes, pretty much. Yep. So, uh, so I did have the main guide. Uh, we hunted with him for a few days, and then I believe the third or fourth day of the hunt, uh, there was a local rancher decided to join in with us. He joined in. His dad joined in. They brought their dogs along. So we had a pretty good hunting party going. Uh, we hunted their uh, ranch land. Nice. And you got some cats going, didn't you? Yeah, we uh, we got three up in a tree, but unfortunately, we never laid eyes on any of them. They're just too quick. Yeah, they're 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 a fast, fast animal. What made you want to go after mountain lions? Because that's kind of a unique thing in itself. So originally, I wanted to hunt grizzly bears in Kodiak, Alaska, <laughs> but uh, man, yeah, yeah, they shut me down on that pretty quick. Uh. So. I was given an option to go for black bears or mountain lions. I eventually chose mountain lions, obviously, but, uh, yeah. yeah, that was. Man, yeah, you had some uh, some high hopes there, man. Yeah. Uh, the, the brown bears in Kodiak, Alaska, that, yeah. that would have been epic. But a mountain lion hunt is pretty epic as well. Yeah. So did they gear you all up? Because I'm sure you needed gear. and. Yeah, they, uh, they did. They uh, sent me a gift card for... Uh, Bass Pro Shops, mm-hmm. and they and themselves were amazing. They helped me out, helped me find all the uh, clothing and equipment that I needed. Uh, we went there on a Friday night one week to pick up all of my clothes. We went, we went shopping for about three or four hours, trying things on, uh, picking out different types of things. So got a whole set, Under Armour, pants, nice. uh, jacket gloves you know the whole nine yards the whole nine yards and then you get all that and you get on the plane to go to arizona that's right that had to be pretty cool yourself had you flown up to that point yet uh yeah i yeah. did okay. i've 
I actually enjoy flying. I flew a couple times before that, but uh, recently more. Nice. So you get out to Arizona, they pick you right up at the airport? Uh, yeah, so when I got to Arizona, they paid for everything, the flight. We, uh, we flew into uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, we picked up a rental car, paid for by Hunt of a Lifetime, and then we drove from Phoenix to Payson, Arizona, where we met with the guide. Awesome. And did you stay on the ranch there? Uh, no, uh, we were put up in a hotel for the week. It was about half an hour from the ranch where we were hunting. So you had to, every morning you'd be getting up real early? Yeah, we got up at about 5 o'clock every morning, drive down to where we were hunting, and uh, be out with the dogs by daybreak. Nice. I'm taking there wasn't any snow in Arizona, or were you in some high altitude where there was uh, a little? Or? No, we didn't, we didn't see any snow. Okay. We were up in some mountains, but there was no snow in those mountains. Yeah, so you were cruising along trying to pick up a cat uh, scent. So they had a striker dog? Yeah, they did. Uh, but unfortunately, that week was unusually hot for that uh, time in Arizona. So the scent was burning off pretty quick. Yeah. Dogs having trouble finding, finding lions. Yeah, nope, that, that happens with scent for sure because it dissipates, especially with heat and, and things like that. So cool. So you, you got out of the truck a few times uh, trying to see if there was a lion in a tree. But by the time you got there, yeah, uh, they were gone. Yeah, a lot of times we would uh, we would let the dogs, you know, do their thing. We'd follow them in the truck for a bit, but uh, there was a lot of uh, walking and hiking up the mountains involved. Yeah. And how'd you do with your your illness and stuff with with that? So, because of the location of my surgery, there I had some serious issues with like balance and equilibrium kind of thing. So it was difficult for me. And so you had surgery before you went. I did, yeah. I had surgery in 2013, and I didn't go until 2014. Gotcha. Unfortunately, it was a little difficult. It wasn't really the greatest time for me as far as doing something physical. I did have some difficulty, you know, walking up through canyons, climbing up rocks, but Mm -hmm. I think it would have been better if I was a little more physically in shape, but, uh, you know, at that time, what are you going to do? Yeah, uh, absolutely. You, you go when you can go, because still, I mean, it's pretty recent to your surgery, so you didn't know if you're gonna have a relapse or not, did you? Uh, no, I didn't. But I did end up having a relapse in 2015. You did. So another surgery in 2015? Uh, no, no surgery, but another two years of chemotherapy. Wow, that that that's tough, man. That's tough. You're a tough kid. So and you're not a kid anymore. No. Yeah, 20 years old, huh? Yeah, oh, I'm 20, uh, actually turning 21 in May. Looking forward to that, you know, first awesome. drink. <laughs> that's that's great. <laughs> for for kids out there that have gone through similar things to you, that are outdoors kids, and, you know, hunt of a lifetime, we're going to talk to Grant here, but they'll send you fishing, too, if you like fishing. Yeah, yep, hunting, fishing trips. You know, that's not the only thing. Through hunt of a lifetime, I have some lifetime friends here. Yes, Marge, Dan, Grant, uh, we all still talk pretty regularly, mm-hmm. so that's another great benefit of Hunt of a Lifetime. Yeah, so we're sitting here at the Great American Outdoor Show at the Hunt of a Lifetime booth doing a podcast. Certainly Hunt of a Lifetime's been with Warden's Watch for a, for a while here, we'll hopefully continue on, and it, it's stories like this, it's, it's great to hear, but it's, it's great to let people know what you do, to engage the sportsmen because there seems to be a lot of support for it, and uh, there should be. How was Grant instrumental in your in all of this? Grant was around at that 
first uh, first outing I went to. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, you know, part of getting this hunt all put together. Uh, I see him every time I come out here. The Sports Not Thor show. He's around. Yeah. Hanging out at the Hunt of a Lifetime booth. Uh, just great to hang out with him. You yeah. Know, talk shop. He seems like a great individual. Anything you want you want to tell tell everybody about Hunt of a Lifetime? You know, they they should contribute. It's a nonprofit organization. It helps you. It helps kids like you. It's so awesome. I also met another uh, boy that came in uh, that had experienced a hunt of a lifetime. He went on an elk hunt, and uh, he had a he had a great time too. And he is cancer free too, which is uh, I just love to hear the success stories. Um, you know, that's that's where my heart because there are quite a few out there that hunt of a lifetime has been involved with that you know end up you know succumbing to their illnesses. So. So, so important to, to support uh, this organization that supported you to do something that you wanted to do. Had an epic hunt, I'm sure. Yeah, it, it was amazing. So even without a mountain lion. Because it's it's hunt of a lifetime. And I'm sure they tried to get to that tag for a Kodiak brown bear knowing these guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think uh, if I remember correctly, the story was the 2012, uh, there's a young man that was sent up to hunt. Uh, brown bears and him and his dad went up and I guess uh, there was uh, a char- the bear charged them so they decided that it was too much of a risk to keep sending people up to do brown bear hunts. Oh wow I, I can understand that so because they are uh, certainly uh, big big animals and can be aggressive at times I would imagine by that story yeah. cool. Well thanks for sitting down with me and, and telling me your story Gabe and the story of a hunt of a lifetime. Yes, sir. It's good talking to you. Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experience of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves Game Wardens. This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch. Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experience of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves game wardens.